Occupy a Job on Wall Street is an autobiographical novel about New York City in the aughts, centering around a protagonist mentored by sociopaths. Episode 96, The Village Idiot. In 1969, 12 men overwintered in Antarctica at the British survey base on Adelaide Island, about a thousand miles south of the Falkland Islands. After enduring 17 weeks in extraordinarily harsh conditions, one of the men suddenly developed what was described at the time as a mild to moderately severe cold. Over the next two weeks, seven more men would be affected. Symptoms on average lasted five days before recovery. This curious, unexplained case was later detailed in a British medical journal as follows. The occurrence of a common cold during isolation, when the chances of introduction of a new infection from the outside are virtually nil, implies that in some way the virus persisted, either in the environment or in the men. Even in the most extreme circumstance of quarantine and absolute isolation, a virus infected a man. Nature found a way. For the better part of a century, literature recognized this by acknowledging the extraordinary difficulty of stopping disease spread in human populations. But we're not going to dwell on the virus. Instead, we're going to talk about human stupidity. In epidemiological terms, stupidity has an R-naught of 5 or 6. Rephrased, stupidity is contagious. By way of example, during the last financial crisis, Manhattan, perversely, had one of the best social scenes in years. Counterintuitive, perhaps, but when you think about it, the end of the world? Fuck it. This shit is over. Let's head down to Ninth Avenue to party. For the sake of structure, going forward, let's measure stupidity on a scale of 1 to 10. At the bottom of this scale, you're just walking around cluelessly during a national crisis of confidence, and... At level 10 stupid? Well, some stories are like wine and get better with age. This is not going to be one of those stories. A final qualifier. Men always start off at stupid level 2 or 3. This is because of testosterone, more commonly known as the dumb drug. Anyway, it's 2007 and I'm out with a bunch of Lehman traders. Good men. Naturally, I recall the earlier part of evenings like this better than the end, before the inevitable blackout, or an uncharacteristically crisp decision to pull an Irish exit. But on this night, I'm planning a real bender. After all, the Fed had given the all-clear, unemployment was on the lows, new highs on the S&P, what's the worst that could happen? We start drinking, and no time later we're at a Toys for Tots function, which is a wonderful charity run by the local Marines in Brooklyn. The former stockbroker and convicted felon Jordan Belford was there, but it was before the movie Wolf of Wall Street came out, so hardly anyone recognized him. He's standing by himself, looking a little self-conscious, so I bring a bunch of the jarheads over to talk with him. Turns out he's a pretty funny guy. We grab a bunch of girls passing by, and all of us do shots, catapulting us to stupid level four. At stupid level five, I steal a bottle of wine on the way out the door. I thought that was pretty clever, stealing booze while being pushed around by a bouncer, but one of the marines, let's call him Nick, points out I can't open said wine, takes the bottle off me, places it against a wall, and taps softly on the bottom with his shoe. Like magic, the cork edges its way out. Nick and I drink the wine. We become friends. Bound together by a scrupulous and literal honesty in everything we do, a most endearing and irritating quality in a friendship.
At stupid level 6, our taxi driver gets stuck in the snow and asks us to push. We say no way. He has to. Nick offers to get behind the wheel, and when the cabbie finally gets us loose, we drive off in the cab. We stop at the first red light, laughing at the driver as he slips and slides in the street after us. Ever the peacemakers. Nick helps him back into the car while Tarzan slips him a couple of 20s, and the three of them are best friends by the time we get to Dorian's over on 2nd. Later, we all go to dinner with the Lehman Traders downtown at STK. As the Marines walk in with their dress blue deltas and authorized uniform to drink in, every head turns to look at us. Deltas or not, Nick tries the same shoe trick from earlier, but on an expensive bottle of Oregon Pinot. He can't find the right angle and accidentally smashes the bottle to pieces. The sommelier actually looks happy to catch the worst of it. It's an ugly scene, but everyone laughs and almost immediately other dumb shit ramps up. Exponential dumb shit. It's only 9pm and we're all energy and hope and fire. After all, cities like New York are constructed for the ease of bad behavior. Suddenly, we're being thrown out of a bar for being drunk and we're too drunk to understand why. Stupid level 8, with no idea how we got there. And then, it's 1am and none of us can even speak. I look around at my new friends, sturdy blue-collar guys lapsing in and out of comas. I swear, if it wasn't for whiskey, the Irish would have conquered the world. I slap myself. Don't remember where I am or who I'm with, but I guess we had fun. All alcoholics are crazy in their own way. In any case, it's time to get the fuck out of here. I walk outside and see a bunch of tough-looking Hispanic guys. They have beer. They share it with me, and we drink together on the curb. This is the highlight of my night. There's no act of faith more beautiful than the generosity of the very poor. Eventually, I find my friends from earlier, and we all end up at Penthouse Club with a bunch of day laborers. An hour later, I'm talking to one of the Lehman guys. Let's call him Mick. Mick's calm like a bomb and seems to think he's emperor of the Bronx. Old school guy. Says he used to sit under McCore's damn bridge in the 90s with the NYPD and take pot shots at the Yankee Stadium lights with their service revolvers. Tells me he owns a fish tank with beta fish. When he got bored of it, he'd just add another fish and watch them fight to the death. Drives around in a car you could fit another five cars in. This guy would shoot you in the face and sleep soundly that night. The Emperor of the Bronx is higher than the sun, and the rest of us are at stupid level 9 by now. Then a bunch of tourists from Thailand turn up. One of the Thais is amazing, named Jean. Jean has a tongue like an electric eel and likes the taste of a man's tonsils, and almost immediately cracks us all up by claiming to be able to breathe through their ears. Jean works the table for a while and eventually settles on Mick. Gorgeous, young, and stupid just fell into his lap. Mix as happy as a deer tick on a prize bull. Early the next morning, he gets back to his apartment in the Bronx, and it's like Jonestown in that place. Bodies strewn all over the show. He briefly wonders if everyone is alive, and after that, well, who gives a shit? He rolls onto a spare couch. When he opens his eyes, all his overnight guests are smiling at him suspiciously. One of his friends asks, Hey, how was your night with Jim? Mick says, <laughs> it was awesome. I walked in and she said, hey, you want to do anal? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to do anal. And his buddy goes, so did you check if there was a front hole? 
and that's when Mick realizes he breached stupid level 10 and accidentally banged a tranny. But he doesn't miss a beat. He just comes back with, Well, I guess that explains what was slapping against my leg. Anyway, what did you guys do the rest of the night? Episode 97 of Occupy a Job on Wall Street will be out soon. And hey, if you like this podcast, rate us on iTunes. And if you didn't like it and think it sucks, then tell everyone you know how bad it is.